Today's sponsor is Sonos. Sonos is offering the listeners of Mr. Robot 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. This offer is available for a limited time only and cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. Use the promo code ROBOT10, that's capital R-O-B-O-T-1-0, at Sonos.com to receive this offer. Every day we change the world. But to change the world in a way that means anything. It's slow. It's methodical. Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. Uh, I'm Aaron. Did you forget your name? I did. I did. (laughs) I did. Uh, We're here to talk about Season 3, Episode 7, titled Episode 3.6 underscore Frederick plus Tanya dot CHK. I neglected to look up what a CHK file is. However, uh, I found out that Frederick plus Tanya is a little-known exploit in the Microsoft website. No, that's that's not true. <laughs> it's the code names for Mobley and Trenton. Mobley and Trenton, in uh, case you didn't know. Interesting. Uh, which could could not have been more relevant than this episode. We haven't seen them in almost a full season, about seven episodes, uh, and they're back. Yeah. With with for, for... the outcome that we all thought, I think. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were speculating, oh, Leon's not going to kill him, not going to kill him. But right. I was on the kill him train. But it didn't happen exactly the way I expected. Right. No, Because Leon didn't get him. Yeah, they were just kept in the plot fridge to be used until the next time. Yeah. And um, it's... To, to pretty good effect, I thought. Yeah, and there's this, this kind of this horrifying... Um, like 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 existential dread of like you know that you're not really in control of your life and you're just like a pawn in someone's game and like literally they were because uh-huh. like throughout this whole episode I firmly believe that they're going to survive and rejoin the cast like they're going to re reassemble the 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 Justice League or whatever they're going <laughs> right. to after f- flinging apart you're going to get the Fellowship back together right mm-hmm. and then at the end like it was pretty clear to me. As soon as that scene, the, the final scene ended up, the what was going to happen because the SWAT team was coming in at night. You could see the sunlight pouring in through the garage yeah. windows. Like I get, I, I I see what's going on now. Yep. Um, as soon as they sat him down at the computers and they were like, "Hey, this is an exploit or whatever." Right, but it's like yeah. you know, there's somebody like you know, like it, it's you. It just, I just felt so bad for them because they're going to die for a reason they didn't fully understand. Um. Yeah, and a cause they don't believe in. And a cause they don't believe in to these, like, semi, semi-spiritual semi cult goon kind of guys. Like, it must have, that's, that's a real, that's a real fucking trip, man. Uh-huh. And it's it's so ridiculous to me that he's talking about the self-sacrifice, right? Right. Because, sure, this is a cause he believes in, but he's not the one making the sacrifice. Right. Maybe right. talk about their sacrifice. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it was, it was chilling and inhuman. Uh-huh. Um so what did, did have you talked about like what you thought of this episode? Just like did you you liked it? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I liked the beginning, I liked the end, but the middle. Like I'm not sure how I think about this new Angela who's regressed to the mind of a six year old. Hmm. Like okay, I, I don't know whether they're like I'm. It'd be it be it's like I. You know, I'm open to the idea of they're playing around with her having multiple fragmented personalities as well. But none of none of Elliot's personas are fucking annoying, mm-hmm. and this persona of Angela's is I find very fucking annoying and interesting and 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 childlike and and stupid. And I don't I don't buy it. It might be 
where they're taking me, but I, I do I do not like I do not like this this turn for this character. Okay, uh, this is the first time that I really thought Portia was given something interesting to do. Act like a, a act like someone who has had a mental break and just mm. cannot cope with the consequences of her own actions. And I think that's what this whole episode is about: is the consequences of these people's actions. Yeah, like and Tyrell, I, Angela, Elliot, everyone. I felt like, yeah, I, I get that they were trying to, to portray her mental state as fraying, but I found that this is like the opposite of interesting. This was very fucking. Huh. Um, the tropey, like, like, really, this is like the this is like a, a like a stock clip art performance of someone <laughs> losing their mind, and I've I've seen this like two to three dozen times in entertainment, and like you got to do something different or something particular well, and I I don't feel like they did a very good job, and also I rediscovered Tyrell's my kryptonite this episode. Well, let's stay on Angela because I I feel like maybe I have been bored so goddamn stiff by her and I, for the past season and a half. That anything, literally anything, uh-huh. give me anything else but your goddamn cardboard performance, and I will bow it down is and weird say it's that great. You perform that you prefer this configure, and it's also we're in just complete <laughs> violent disagreement over her being boring this last season and a half. Sure, yeah. Um, but like Ty, yeah, Tyrell's the other part of the episode where I fucking like I just realized like, oh right, you're not a real person that I can identify with, so huh. I don't feel anything about. It. In fact, I kind of feel thrilled for Santiago, which I didn't think would ever happen. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, love the beginning, love the end, the middle with with Angela and Tyrell is rough for me. It's rough for me. Huh. I, okay. I don't like. Everyone, calm down. I still love the show. I think the season is on a very positive. Uh, uh, trajectory. Mm-hmm. I just got to be real about those two things. Really significantly drawing my enjoyment of the episode down in the middle. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you'll get some emails. Some oh, sure. Vociferously I'm just, defensive I'm just saying, take emails. Taking the spirit it's given. It's it's like yeah. I didn't like the spice the S mail put in this particular stew. All right. Well, I'm, I'm more of a fan. I, also, I like also that 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 Tyrell stock might have been bad to begin with. Maybe we mm. should have thrown that in the soup. I mean, he's not punching bums anymore. That's good. That's a step in the right direction. There again. At least he's grieving his... There's his... a lot of ways you can depict a man having his entire world destroyed. Um, a good 30 seconds of a man looking like he's battling constipation. Not one of those cho- Not one of those acting huh. choices I would have made, but okay. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll talk more about it when we get there in the <laughs> recap, but yeah, I, I guess I just disagree. Uh on pretty much everything, which I know. is fine. This is you know, be an interesting. This is gonna be an interesting podcast. Well, that's the nature of of subjective opinion, I suppose. Before we get to the main part of the episode, I want to talk about a little housekeeping. Happy Black Friday, Americans! Go out and consume. Mm. Go out and consume. Must spend your bitcoins and your e coins and your silver coins uh, out at the tills. Or or don't. That's what's happening. Or save them. Uh, as far as Bald Move is concerned, we've got this weekend coming up, a live watch of The Walking Dead. We'll have a Walking Dead um, podcast out next week, as long as the Mr. Robot uh, podcast. Um, be doing lunch. There's the, but I will say that the public output is going to start to decrease from Bald, for, on Bald Move because December, we always have a yearly like Christmas type of celebration where we do a lot, bunch of club features and do a lot of cl- uh, fun things for club members. So... If you want to not be left out through the dead of winter, maybe check out the club. Oops, Stealth Club ad, club.baldmove.com. Here in the housekeeping. House has been kept. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, Okay, are we ready to get to the recap? Yeah. All right, we start off with 
Uh, Trenton and Mobley being held in a house by Leon and forced to listen to him bag on Frazier and praise Knight Rider. Uh, he's not going to kill him, though, is what he says. Frazier? Yeah, that'd be a mistake. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm with Leon about Frazier, but not for the same reasons. I don't think it's unbelievable that a Seattle radio host would be would have more butt than an ashtray, yeah. as he says. But Kelsey Grammer can slay. Sure, can sure. I just, I just don't like the show. Yeah, we we. And it's so funny because we just talked about this two days ago, or uh-huh. was it over Thanksgiving? Um, we're like, yeah, it might have been both. To be yeah, honest. yeah, because one of our buddies from Seattle, Natch, uh-huh. uh, is really into Frasier, and we're like, I, you know, I, 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 I love Cheers, love Cheers. I, I don't know, Frasier, ne- never, never acquired that uh, taste for it. I'm a Seinfeld guy, though. Probably so going to get a lot Leon. of emails about that. Night Rider. Yeah. Huge fan of Knight Rider. Yeah. OG Knight Rider fan right here. And Knight Rider actually got an Emmy nomination? Is that true? Uh, I don't know because I didn't pay attention to Emmys when For I was what? running around in my underoos. But he's right. He's right. They should have gotten an Emmy for that dope-ass theme song. They should have, yeah. Knight Rider and Airwolf. Like, you're going to give something to Miami Vice, and you're not going to mm-hmm. recognize Knight Rider? Knight Rider's theme. And, like, as soon as he took that long drag on, on the uh, yeah. marijuana cigarette... <laughs> I knew they're going to hit us with the theme, yep. and that the, he was going to drive off into the sunset as the theme climax. And I'll be damned if they didn't do it. And mm-hmm. is this is this Albuquerque? Oh, I don't know. If not, like I feel like this scene of him driving into the desert and all this desert stuff is so Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. It like really made me happy and nostalgic. Yeah, and it's Super Night Rider too. If you go and watch the intro, he it's Night Rider driving through Michael sure. Knight driving through the desert. Sure. Yeah, uh, with Kit saying some shit and some narrator telling yeah. us how important it all is. Talking about him walking in a shadowy world. Of, uh-huh. Uh huh. I, I, yeah, I, I thought you got similar overhead shots. I thought it was like, great, and it, it was good to get away from the Mister Robot palette every once in a while. Mm. You Alf, know, yeah. The, you like, can only like do these, one Alf episode. <laughs> yeah, these episodes. It's just like there's like you know, it's a, they're they're out there for a compelling reason, and the it, the set the the set and setting looks gorgeous, and I liked it. I really liked it. And I thought the the foreshadowing, I guess it would be, um, of the seventy one bombed buildings playing on the TV here. Um, you don't quite understand exactly how it connects to Mobley and Trenton. Mm-hmm. Mo- Mobley and Trenton? I gotta... Mobley. It's Mobley. I, don't start this shit again. I, do, I don't remember is the problem. I don't <laughs> Welcome remember Welcome to my one. world. 90, it's so weird that this like the one instance that's so crystal in my mind is the one that's slippery for you. Like, Frederick what are the and fucking Tanya. odds? What are the fucking odds? Frederick and Tanya are their names from now on. Right. Uh, yeah, the, the foreshadowing of showing that on the TV while they're sitting there. Yeah. I thought it was pretty nice. Um, do you know why Leon's keychain said world sexiest grandpa? No, I didn't even see it. Is it, are we supposed to understand that that caddy is actually Mobley's roommate who was someone's grandfather that was, because as you hear, you know, top dab, which if, if you're just joining us is the scale of weird socioeconomic things in this, 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 this show that, that doesn't quite match up to my expectations and drives me crazy. Um, this whole neighborhood is kind of top dabby because it looks like a wealthy, you know, Albuquerque or Phoenix kind of neighborhood. And there's like just odd piles of trash and weird, like, mm-hmm. like the way they show economic upheaval is like a couple of, um, a, a couple of, of for sale signs and that. And the fact that maybe this grandpa that's unrelated to either of these guys would be subletting a room out to the two. Hmm. And, like, I, I didn't okay. understand the I precise know. relationship of Mobley and this guy because he's, like, my roomie, my roommate. Uh-huh. 
and he he looked like when I looked at him dead on the floor, he didn't look like he's old enough to be a grandpa. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Maybe Leon's traveled through time four or five times, and he's the world's sexiest grandpa. Fuck, man, I didn't even see the keychain. So. Also, like, I feel like. You know, we talked about how some of the dialogue in the last episode was Quentin Tarantino esque, and mm-hmm. and he goes to just straight up biting Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I yeah. wonder if that world sexy's grandpa was supposed to call back the uh, pussy wagon. Okay, like it's just flashy and catchy, and yeah. like he's like, oh well, since or I'm biting Tarantino, might as well yeah. give him some some homage. Yeah, sure. Uh, I also get the impression that this, I, I got a very like Angela season two being taken to the house vibe from this whole thing. Like, this is something that they just have yeah. houses in yeah, the no, suburbs. That's, that's good, yeah. Like, good set up too. to do these sort of things. Right, right. Um, so we go back to Elliot uh, from last episode, and he's discovering the E-Corp attack. He is completely rocked by it, so he goes to see Krista. And Elliot can't tell Krista what he's done, so Mr. Robot comes out and does it for him. And Krista doesn't believe him at first, but she's eventually convinced that Mr. Robot, like, actually instigated all this after he connects some dots for her. Uh, I liked how many pig and and pearl based metaphors he just debauched. Yeah, you're all yeah. lined up in troughs for your sugar coated pearls of semen. Yeah, ah. it's evocative. We'll yes, say that. Yes, it is very evocative. <laughs> it's got the salty and the sweet. You know, it's like a for sure. It's, it's uh, pigs prefer the the flavor. Two great tastes in one. Uh, this scene looks and sounds fantastic. Yeah, like, like that transformation from Elliot to Mister Robot is. I'm going to say it Emmy worthy. Like yeah. so much of this show has been in the last few episodes, but that is so good. Dude. I, and like when I saw it, I instantly had this intuition that like, there's a lot of theories based on the fact that her office has changed to kind of explain that like, this is, this is, we're still not dealing with a real person or a real situation. This is some kind of crazy jail scenario in Elliot's mind. Hmm. But I honestly think they switched to sets just so they could pull off this, completely amazing and badass transition of like the single bookcase shadowing his like 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 uh-huh. transformation into Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Like I I don't think yeah, like I'm I'm pretty And he's dissociating at that point. You can't yeah. you can't even say it's real. You yeah. Know? But they pull like like I think that set is somehow well, I mean it'd be easy enough to stitch it together, but Sure. Like I feel like that set could pull like the the bookcases can pull apart so they can get those isolation scenes and do a fancy camera move and now it's all back to Yeah. It's cool though. It's super cool. Very Kubrickian. Um, what do you think about this this job of convincing Krista? Was it convincing that she would be convinced? I think when he says do the math and starts talking about all those coincidences, that's a step above your average kook in an office. Yeah, and he connects it to her personally, right. which I felt was was powerful. Right. Um, look, this is a guy who had access at the time the five nine hack attack happened, um, yeah. and then he hacked you. Yeah. Like. Think about it from your own perspective here. Yeah, but I also thought, like, they do a really good job of playing both sides of a lot of angles here. Like, when she later has a conversation with her lawyer, it's like, well, you realize that it, like, everything he's saying is true. Like, there are probably a lot of kooks taking advantage, and they're probably very persuasive. And are you going to be, like, you're essentially asking her, like, are you going to be the hero that risked their reputation on the 1% chance that this is a real thing? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be the 99 people to lose their practice for nothing? Or yeah. are you going to be the one person interviewed being like, yeah, he was telling me all this crazy shit, but, you know, the law says the law. And then you're a villain. You're yeah. kind of like, well, you should have done the heroic thing. Mm-hmm. It's a hell, of a, a hell of a psychological prison to be in. Yeah. Uh, she's in a tough spot for sure. 
Um, another person in a tough spot is Dom. Uh, Dom and Santiago, our boss, are watching the latest F Society video claiming that there's going to be another attack in 24 hours. Sensing the desperate situation the FBI is in, Tyrell's lawyer tries to get him a deal in exchange for information about the people who held him captive. Uh, or, you know, that he says held him captive. This is all part of the plan. Uh, after the meeting with the lawyer, Dom's irate Can about... Can we have a timeout and talk about the logic yeah. of this? This lawyer, nothing that he says matters because what Tyrell is doing and is going to do has been preordained by the Dark Army already, right? Uh-huh. And Santiago's in on it, too. So this is just all theater for Dom? Am I to understand that? But huh. what's weird is because Tyrell's a player on the stage so. too, because he's he also doesn't have imperfect information, or he has imperfect information. He does, yeah. But as far as I can tell, he's still following the plan, right? So, so I imagine his lawyer is in on it, in as much as he was hired by some kind of dark army goon. Or I don't think they'd leave that to chance. Yeah, if his lawyer says no, you need to plead guilty. Right? And you yeah, need dude, to... this is looking bad for you. It's, or, uh... or or do you need to take this to the Supreme Court? We got a solid case here. No, no. Yeah, I think so. So it's like it's so weird to like this is a compelling scene, but it's like this weird scene within a scene that like the only intended audience is Dom. Yeah, to hmm. get. And and it works really well because when San Diego's uh, Santiago San Diego, when Santiago is later arguing about like what to do with Tyrell to Dom, like again, it's amazing how much of that shit actually sounds like just a bureaucrat trying to cover their ass. Like he's a, he he wants yeah. to he wants to shine, but boy, he really doesn't want a crater. And he always has like a sliver of plausibility yes. in it too, because I believe that if he comes to them with flimsy flimsy bullshit yeah and he doesn't have the goods and he's not telling them the information they want to hear they're going to ignore him right and that's no good for anybody and he, but, al- he also knows the next play he right. knows that they're going to find the mm-hmm. real masterminds and they're going to be in the middle of an airport hack that would have killed god knows how many people and he's going to be able to go back to dom and say see see you play it cautious you play it straight you wait for- <laughs> and he's going to be fucking right it's really yeah. it's really amazing yeah I mean, this whole thing, um, so yeah, after the meeting with the lawyer, Dom, she's super irate about how, like, obviously they're being played, and how oblivious Santiago seems to be, but he beats his chest and tells her to get back in line, and he does that because he's pushing forward the narrative, he's pushing forward the plan, and if she she rightfully gets her way here... Yep. And they bring in, start bringing in other leads. The information is not going to add up, and there's going to be more to pursue here. Right, some loose ends. So, yeah, he can he's only keep, just pushing it down the road. Like right now, her gut is just screaming that this is wrong, yeah. and it's going to lead to her eventually uncovering. But like, if she cared like one percent less, I feel like this works. Yeah, um, and yeah. that's like when she says at the end, like you're going to get away with this because I don't know officially what she can do to pursue a a cold case against a case has been closed. Yeah. And especially when her boss is saying going no. to be actively sitting on it and say, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's she's in a tough spot, too. Um, so Angela's watching the news about E-Corp and she's wondering aloud to Darlene about whether the people who died will be OK, which is pretty confusing to Darlene. Um, so Darlene leaves to get her shit, telling Angela not to go anywhere. Why does she leave to get her shit? I don't know. I think she's going to stay with Angela, but she doesn't have her shit. <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess so. You got to get shit eventually. Yeah. You got to get it all together. 
Uh, then we go to Tyrell looking through a book of faces to ID his F Society captors, and he's requesting once again to see his family. Uh, not a lot to say there. We do see Elliot in that book, and he obviously doesn't point out and Elliot. There's obviously Trenton and Mobley, who uh, he's going right. to put his big greasy finger on and smear it and say that's that's the one. Yep. And then I, I think Dom's partner's in there. No, it's it's some just <laughs> generic random dude. San, yeah, Santiago's in the first page. Oh, shit, I, that shouldn't be in there. Let me get that out of there. Uh, we, we had him on polygraph at the time, and boy, he spiked when he saw your face. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, so Santiago's on the phone with his mom, who has apparently told her doctor that he warned her about the attack before it happened. I think. I well, she's canceling. Yeah, she's canceling on her doctor. So I, you're getting the idea that maybe White Rose is controlling him through his mother stricken with cancer. Like huh. she came down with aggressive stage four White Rose, and <laughs> the only treatment is to betray your country and work for a foreign national. Uh-huh. Like that's that seems like her mo, right? Like she's got a treatment that she need she she's got something that needs two more treatments. Mm-hmm. It sounds like she's chemo, and that means like every single person that's connected to right White Rose has also had some cancer in their their background. So she's so she's calling her doctor to cancel the appointment. She doesn't want to go out because this guy's got her scared because of the attacks. Yeah. Um, and now he's trying the fear that he put in her. He's trying to get out, so she'll go and do her chemo. And, yeah. Right. And, and it, I also get the impression that she told the doctor about. Like, yes. she, the excuse she gave for was, canceling was, is... There's an attack coming, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and my, my boy my boy warned me about it before it happened. Yeah, yeah. ASAC Santiago, my boy. <laughs> right. You know him. He's on the TV. <laughs> uh, so then the guy who interrogated Tyrell comes in with the faces he ID'd. We don't get to see them here. But he also says that Tyrell wants to see his family. So Santiago goes to see Tyrell, and he tells him that his wife is dead and his child is in foster care, and if he blows Santiago's cover, he'll make it his mission to make a terrible life for Tyrell's child. That's a a terrible threat, because part of blowing his cover would make him not be in a position to... I guess his threat is, like, you will try to blow my cover, it won't work, and then I'll destroy your life. Right. Because he's not nearly as credible as the director of the FBI, right? Right. Or whoever Santiago is. Right, right. So I mean, yeah. my my big problem with this scene is that Tyrell is not recognizably human to me, mm-hmm. so I don't know what he's thinking. And then the actor, for some reason, chooses to just portray a man <laughs> losing the battle with constipation <laughs> as a way. He is, but it's like, emotional constipation. <laughs> I mean, mate. I mean, but I like. I don't know how he really feels about his wife and what. Think is- about how long it's been since he's fought a bum. This man it's is true. emotionally constipated joy- to the max. Yeah, all that pile of wood is... is <laughs> there are blockages is... that no enema can cure, That's man. true. He's got the, <laughs> the hobo fight blocked up inside of yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, I think it's awful. I, I think I this feel is you, awful. But... <laughs> I, I think, think this character is terrible. Th- the way this scene is filmed it really salvages it for me. Like, if I was going to say, okay, well, I don't believe this character, but... The the filming of this scene is so good. That shot through the door where it's just him in isolation. We don't hear him. We can only it's see him reacting. Thing, like, I think it's great. It's the same thing with like uh, Morpheus breaking out of a change in the first Matrix where, where his face just turns like, into like, jello. Like Lawrence Fishburne just goes for fucking broken. There's not a person on set that says dial it back. And like every <laughs> right. single time I see it, 
I laugh. I can't I laugh believe it's not CG because it's like that's like, that's the it's the opposite. Um, Tyrell's doing constipation. <laughs> he's doing a man that just realizes he's got ten seconds to get to the toilet <laughs> because the brown tide is is rushing in, and they're both just like such bizarre, curious choices that show extremes huh. of emotion. Then Tyrell, I don't even like, and I think he's a fucking like I. Does he love his wife? Does he love his son? Is his son just a fucking collection of genes that yeah, he is him. ordained? I, I don't know. I don't know. He's so fucking imperious and and weird and cruel. I don't. I don't understand him. Okay. So so like if you want me to start understanding him, I, I start. Needing... It might be too late for you. Yeah. Honestly, like you, he might. Be I know you Angela. never bought him from the beginning, so. He might be my angel. If you're saying to Angela going goo goo gaga is an interesting <laughs> direction for her to take, I she's really lost to you for yeah. sure. Uh, the other thing I really like about this scene is you can tell that Santiago got played too. He was not privy to yeah. this part of the plan in much the same way right. that Mr. Robot or Tyrell weren't. Yes. Uh, it but, wasn't supposed to be 71 E-Corp buildings. But he's also enjoying sticking stick this guy of course, with, yeah. with this brutal information. But yeah, he's he's definitely pissed. Yeah. Uh, we go back to Leon out in the desert. He's taking uh, Frederick and Tanya uh, out there and he begins digging a grave while they're tied up in the car uh tanya says she's sent an email or she sent an email to go out to quote unquote someone she trusts in the event that she can't get back to her computer she manages to untie herself and tries to drive the car away but crashes it into a boulder this was the least believable part of the episode for me this was rough <sighs> don't make me defend it jim this fucking boulder scene man Well, first of all I don't understand S-Mails. Like, one of my biggest, big bugaboos, if you've listened to me for years and years, is crazy tonal shifts. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to believe this fat, sweaty nerd is, is is literally thinking he is this this crazy person is digging a grave for him in the desert, and he's making J-date jokes. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. And, like, it's fine to... Like, I also felt like... Biting Tarantino. I don't know if it's because it just last a week I was like, hey, he's not at Tarantino's house yet, but he's in the neighborhood as far as some of this dialogue. Like, I, I like that. That really made me wrinkle my face up. Like, I, didn't, I didn't like hmm. the the whole I'm Sam Kinison. I'm really I liked it. I mean, that's 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 Samuel Jackson scooping brains out of a out of a probably Cadillac. cloud lane motherfucker. motherfucker. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like that's literally biting. But you just change the cultural references. I, I don't know how I felt about that. OK. Especially since the character again, is he scared? Is he ter- is, is the way he deals with stress uh, uncontrollably quote, making uh, sitcom jokes and <laughs> pop culture references? I, I don't know. Leon just got in his head. But uh, I thought, like, the least unbelievable part is the fact that a person who's never driven a car before, who's given the keys to this large, huh. powerful, heavy, rear-wheel drive car, and is told to floor it in the desert, would overcorrect into, like, a fucking boulder. That that seemed like it made a lot... It's dumb, and it's it, it's stupid, but she told him she'd never driven before, and he tells her to floor it. Yeah, I don't know. It's an automatic. It's not that hard. Like I'm if saying they if had you, made this you, a manual if you transmission, had that car in that desert, it would, and and you have never like corrected for sure. counter steer, not a lot of traction, rear a heavy ass real rear rear wheel driven car. I think you, that's like entirely possible. Here's what would have worked way way better in my opinion: uh-huh. make it a manual car, 
and make her just stall it repeatedly. And Leon just walks just up walks next to him. there and yeah. be like, hey, Taps man. Taps on the window. What the fuck are you doing? You're, you're destroying a transmission or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, agreed. That's no way to treat a caddy. Like, agreed. Th- they could have done this better and more believably in my yeah. opinion. Like I said, I've made excuses for it, but I wish I didn't have to. Yeah. So, yeah, this scene and also Leon, greatest. Leon is so fucking calm about this. I get it. He's blazed out of his mind. Yeah. But I think that's the that that excuses everything. What happens when they get away and he has to go to White Rose and say, yeah, he probably they got away. gets executed. Right. I mean, honestly, but he, he probably, is so chill about it. Yeah. Well, it's meant to be, man. Yeah. He just uh, rewinds it. He'll just rewind it. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the rewinding. I mean, every, soon. that's the thing. Like, it seems like everyone that works for right, White Rose believes in that to some extent. Believes in the term undo, but what that actually means, means to them, person, I'm not right, sure. Right, but I think of Leon. He's so he's like that's one of the reasons. Like, he manifests his undo button in a very different way than the rest of the Dark Army goons do. I guess so. But I buy it. I can I erase it. these brain cells. No that's problem. That's right. That's right. I'm rolling back time right now. <laughs> right. One puff at a time. Uh, the other thing is there's a, another uh, Shining reference in this scene where he says, you know, oh. that Sam Kinison thing. Yeah, and he it, says, Shelly Duvall, Duvall in the Overlook Hotel. Right. Uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're trying to say anything with it other than just another reference. So Krista goes to her lawyer, I think to ask if she should turn in Elliot for the E-Corp attacks. She really thinks he's involved, but her lawyer says it's very likely that he's just another faker. That's he's, he's excellent advice. Yeah. That's what's great. Like, that's this is, this is this is advice you want your attorney to give. It's also completely wrong for the situation. Yeah, and I wonder if she's going to follow it. Dude. <sighs> I really don't know. Mm. That's a great... Yeah, I, I don't... I don't know either because on the one hand she did No, that was her that was her ex-boyfriend that handed Elliot over to the police. Yeah, she's made some bad decisions like if she is in fact I meeting think, with him in her house. I think what's going to happen is the federal government coming around and saying all clear is going to make her think she's being silly, but mm, she's also yeah. going to hear Mr. Robot saying, "Oh, you're just going to suck down these sugar-coated pearls of yeah. semen and she, <laughs> she's gonna have that nagging doubt okay she feels like like this is gonna like come to a head in the finale mm-hmm. like it says this is a long pot that's been boiling ever since her first interview with mr robot yeah and i don't know who she takes this to other than like the local pd or yeah. call, in, call the fbi the, 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 there's, there's like a there's like a um some sort of armed psychiatrist association <laughs> right. where you know they're like uh like like an FBI or U.S. Marshals equivalent, uh, U.S. U.S. psychos. <laughs> the and there, psychos, there's like a uh, there's like five of them sitting at a just a, just raised desk. She's got to go before make a case. And they're like, all right, psychiatrists, mount up, and they you know <laughs> get a bunch of drugs and shit, and that's come the, after the him. season finale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I hit the undo button, and I just rewind and forget that the rest of Mister Robot ever <laughs> you happened. Find out that the real villain's Big Pharma. <laughs> Okay, uh, so Angela rewinds the collapse of an E-Corp building over and over again, and we think she's, like, looking at it, thinking, oh, my God, what have I done? But Darlene asks her what she's doing, and Angela says these people are going to be fine and demonstrates it by rewinding the recording to show that the people came back. Roughly a billion times. Oh, fuck. You thought this scene was good? Yeah. I mean, she lost her damn mind, I thought this scene would break you because I found it excruciating, and you're usually, like... I remember coming out of Sully, you're like, Jesus Christ, you could show us that scene three times, huh? Like, 
how many times does she have to rewind this fucking building before we like it was at least a dozen times right uh, over that course of that half, scene half a dozen oh, man I thought but, she but did the it point three is, times with Angela alone. Right, but the point is we're thinking one thing. We're thinking she she's looking at this going, what have I wrought? But in actuality, she's trying to justify to herself that it's going to be okay because these people come back in the most psychotic way possible. The thing like, is, is like I think I, I would have found this. I found the off-putting that she takes this childlike affect to do this. I felt... Hmm. Like, it would have been a lot more actually scary if she just seemed like a rational person. Because in my <laughs> she mind... She has been that up until that are, now, though. And... Pe- people that are bought into cults are indistinguishable from normal people until they start opening their mouths. They're not going to have this wild-eyed, like, you know, oh, this is pretty... Right, like... but w- what if the most traumatic thing you can imagine happens to them? What does that turn them into? Yeah. It might turn them into this. I don't know. This is certainly a depiction of it. <laughs> Yeah, one, I guess you're. I mean, you you're right. Like. It's a purely subjective opinion. It's just disappointing because I've really liked. Uh, I think Angel is one of the best, most complex characters on the show, and she's also like her less is more acting approach has I think maybe allowed me to point paint a lot of my own depth into onto her. And now mm-hmm. that it's like okay. regressed to this, like I feel like they're dis- intentionally suggesting that she's regressed back to her little child self. Hmm. I just don't. I just, it's, I don't know, it's super it's it's just annoying yeah um and i don't think that's like intentionally so so it makes me not like it but whatever okay um mr robot goes to confront irving at his car shop where he's knocked out by the dark army <laughs> irving gets his hands dirty i would not have called that uh, yeah me i feel like this is all a show like Ir- irving this is the one time he's been in the shop in five years and he twisted a wrench just for the the dramatic effect. But that's that's even dumber than the reality, which is that he he comes to work with an immaculate jumpsuit that he never gets dirty as he's wrenching on cars and hairstyle. Yeah, yeah, it never he, gets must. I mean, that that's the thing where it's like hard to say some of this artificiality on the show what's intentional and like we're supposed to be getting and like it's telling a story on another layer and what's just maybe uneven execution. Because this is the point in the season where Sam Esmail is suffering from exhaustion because he's doing everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's just like, fuck it. Put him in his, the jumpsuit and make sure his hands are clean. And he's wearing his actual suit underneath it. Uh-huh. This is literally like a 1930s fucking Broadway production of a garage. Go. <laughs> I... <laughs> but it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, didn't mind that scene at all. Plus, there's the fact that these two dark army goons are just, like, chilling in his back office at all time here. Uh-huh. With the masks <laughs> on, ready to go. I wonder what the fat, like, slightly less successful used car sales guy thinks of that situation. <laughs> Yo, boss, these guys, the, the, the masks. Maybe he's one of them. Yeah. He could, I don't know. He could I w- be one of them. I would have loved to see them carting around oversized novelty, like world's greatest ass- number one assassin. <laughs> if they had hit him with one of those, like, like yeah, he's <laughs> he, he's been he's been given in the talk too, right? It's like, hey, I was right about the car, set you up with them, right about the mug. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, I'm right. That's how he goes. All right, we go over to Zhang telling Philip that he didn't want to take down E Corp. This all is along. public necrophilia. He's he's fucking <laughs> Philip Price's corpse in public just he because is. he can, and no one can stop him. Yep. Uh, this is this is fucking power. He he just wanted to take down Philip the whole time, and Philip completely loses his shit and demands to know why Zhang came after him personally. And Zhang says it's because he had to ask him twice. 
And each... god damn it, B.D. Wong, fuck you. You are so good. Yeah, and like so fucking good. Every every question, every answer he gets to his increasingly impassioned question is more insulting than the last. Yeah. Yeah. Because ultimate's like to teach you a lesson. Second and the final's like because you made me ask twice. Mm-hmm. I was offended that you even like got your back up against me. Yeah, and you were no because there was like a it was a four it was a four step reveal right. Um, he, first it was like it's he, he, about Angela. He says, "Well, no, it's like well, E Corp's going to be fine." And then Philip's like, "But I'm yeah. not," and he's like, "Well, that's because you fucked me on the Angela thing." Mm-hmm. And then it was a teach a lesson. And had to ask twice. I, I just thought it was great. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, and, is is Philip? Are we ever going to see Philip again outside this season? I mean, it seems like so. E Corp is going to continually be like the facade of the villain. Oh, outside of this season? No, I, I don't think outside of this season. He, I think Philip will we'll have a new CEO play his final hand pretty soon. They're not going to make Tyrell the CEO of E Corp, are they? I've seen that theory floating around. I don't like it, that theory at all because man. I'm probably because I fucking hate Tyrell. So the only piece of evidence that that has going for it is the distancing of Tyrell, like the the cleaning of Tyrell's image, right? Um, which right, man, it would take a lot of cleaning <laughs> to be the CEO of the biggest, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It just seems, but I'm worried that they're going that way. What I'd like to see them. Is bring on an entirely new person, Angela. Who, Angela, I don't know. No, she's no, gone. No. She's gone too far off the deep end at this point. Plus, but. like, what would that? Like, I'm thinking, like, what would that headline look like on Forbes? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think the editors would be like, "Look, White Rose, we love you. We don't want to die, but damn, <laughs> this woman who was an account manager for uh-huh. a fairly large security sp- is now the CEO of the most powerful company in the world. There is no amount of sugar that will coat that's that right. semen. That's right. That's just semen, man. <laughs> yeah. That's see, you put some fucking new, the sweet and low in there uh-huh. and trying to call it sugar. It's not going to work. It's not going to play. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Um, I, I want to find shit. I have no idea who the replacement would just be. Just bring at this in point. an outsider who we yeah. don't know his motivations and qualifications, and someone who's like we don't know. We don't have an opinion yeah. on like kind of like the they show did needs. with Scott Knowles as the CTO afterward. Yeah, after Tyrell or Dom, like bringing someone that yeah. just it doesn't have a connection that we can have an, another great character, or Irving, like somebody that just Santiago. We, He's going from the FBI sure. to the head of E Corp. Yeah, George, Comey, Comey, <laughs> Comey right. got name checked. Just get sure. James, just six foot eight James Comey in there. Yep. Fuck it, I don't care. Um, yeah, I am super worried about who they're going to put there, and if if it's going to be a dumb hot dab off the scales kind of decision yeah uh donald trump donald I, trump I, will ceo <laughs> e-corp no get out of here and he'll actually play himself uh-huh yeah yeah he's got time for that i mean he's, you gonna, he's gonna cut back on golfing he can, a little he bit he can just show up at his own club he, he's gonna call he's yeah he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna to film his scenes they, that's right. That's that's actually Mar a Largo. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna cut, kick off a little early from golf and film some scenes. And it'll, it'll work out fine. <laughs> it'll be great. It's gonna be the best big, scenes you've ever seen. Big league. It'll be yeah. big league. Uh, th- so he he tells him the e coin is going to survive. So a lot of people were speculating. Oh, China's gonna you know attack e corp and they're going to get the the whole e coin thing shut down and bitcoin's going to be the only surviving thing and they're going to have this quantum computer where they can mine it all instantly um i guess that rule that idea still applies to e coin with the mining i'm not sure because we don't know like the details about the cryptocurrency there mm-hmm. but i assume 
that someone other than Ecoin could mine it, or someone other than Ecorp could mine the Ecoin, or are they just in full they control have of it? To because that's the whole power of the crypto. I mean, right. that's but I don't know. So, that, so the quantum computer I, could, that could still be, be just in play a gi- here. That could be just a giant tot dab then. Like I'm the, like, I know that if one central agency does the crypto and uh-huh. like just doles it out to people, that that's not what a cryptocurrency works like, and it's the opposite sure. of one. But does Sam Esmail understand that? I, think, I mean, his advisors have got to. That's true, because that's like the not like I don't it's think he's got, I don't think he's got side. economic and social advisors, but he's got technical advisors. Absolutely, yeah. And they would be like probably offended if you tried to pass a cryptocurrency as that. Yeah, so I guess this is a switcheroo in that it won't necessarily be Bitcoin; it might be Ecoin. Mm. Um, that that. White Rose wants to use the supercomputer that she's supposedly building. I don't. To mine. I still, I still can. I, I still don't like that theory very yeah. much. I'm with you. It's not. It's not really. It where doesn't. I'm it headed. doesn't like. I mean, although would, at this point, if Esmail says they were just telling Angela a story to control her, there is no mm-hmm. time travel or any kind of quantum. Would you feel a little cheated? Or would you? I guess uh, it, I don't think so because in this scene, yeah, White Rose essentially admits to manipulating Angela, and uh, and that throws into question this idea that the Angela that right. the young Angela he showed Angela was actually Angela. Right. It might have been a girl who was meant to be this sort of doppelganger. Um, she looked exactly like Angela. She does, but from the flashback, I, I think. I mean, it's the same actress. We know that. Yes. That played both young Angela in the flashback and also. Yes. The Angela that Angela saw. Uh-huh. So, but they're credited differently. One is credited young Angela, one is credited girl. So, is it possible the White Rose I mean, yeah, it's possible. could get a picture? I mean, we know there are pictures that exist. It's, it's certainly possible. And Sam Asimov could also say, like, well, Angela's flashing. Because who was flashing back last week? It was Angela, right? Uh-huh. Like, Angela flashing back was influenced by her experience with White Rose. Like, you could say that with a straight face. Whether your audience buys it and believes sure. it and feels like that. I feel like at this point, yes, I feel like that he has given us enough cautions and warnings and 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 brushbacks from the show itself. This White Rose speech being the latest one that we can't feel cheated if we don't get fucking Marty McFly and Doc Brown next season. Sure. And, and to me, manipulate is a weird word to use if right. you just actually showed someone something that's true. Right. That... That is a sort of manipulation, but it's not how I would describe it. It could also be true, like, a White Rose could show her the fact that she could, like, there could be some limited way, like, the White Rose could be mm. it, but, like, the fact yeah. that White Rose having this technology is not the same as Angela having the technology. Like, this is the right. hope of the technology, but you're not going to get it. Right. It's like, you can live forever, good news, it just costs $10 billion. There will be hundreds of people on this planet thrilled. <laughs> yeah. There'll be billions like, what the fuck? And like, I wonder if, if Angel's going to be those billions that are like, yeah, the promise of technology is awesome, but you're never going to taste it. Yeah. And she was there's used. A, yeah. There's, there's a the lot process. of different ways that this could be true, but like not from a very certain point of view kind of way. want to take a moment right now to talk about our sponsor for today, Sonos. Sonos is a wireless home sound system that fills as many rooms as you want with great sounding music, movies, and TV. Um, The thing that's awesome about Sonos is that everything is Wi-Fi based, not Bluetooth. So you can literally fill your house with these speakers and connect them up into different room groups. Mm -hmm. And like yesterday, perfect example, I was using my Sonos system to flood the downstairs. Well, not flood. 
to tastefully put ambient <laughs> dinner music behind my entire first floor uh, for my Thanksgiving dinner party. Decorate with sound. Do you think? Do you think it? Do you think it enhanced the experience? Absolutely. Having this like yeah. this charming adult contemporary. I, I mean, if nothing else, it covered up the bathroom sounds <laughs> when you went uh, to relieve yourself of the turkey bomb. True. True. That trip to fan also laxative. People don't. They talk about the naps, but they don't talk about the poops. Uh, Sonos is really hyped about their new one speaker system, which adds takes all that impressive platform that they've built, mm-hmm. fill in your house with this awesome sound, and they add voice activation. Maybe the most important Amazon, feature. Uh, courtesy Amazon Alexa, because now you can tell it to just play particular playlists or add things to your Amazon wish list or what the time or temperature. There's so many cool things you can do. And I used to give examples of what you could say, hey, Alexa for, but I got lots of responses that that was triggering. You just said it. I know I did. <laughs> and yesterday, like we were watching the um, the the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade thing, uh-huh. and Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler had this recurring oh, series where they were doing shit. stuff and it was activating all my voice activated stuff. And I get it. I don't know. I don't know how. Moving forward in the future, we're going to talk about this awesome voice activated stuff without <laughs> activating the awesome voice activated stuff. Yeah, but it's cool. It's, it's super cool. cool. It's your, easily my favorite feature on this whole. Your thing. hands are hip deep in a turkey because mm-hmm. turkeys have hips. Um, you can say, "Hey, you." <laughs> the name of the service. A name, yep. And do, like, turn up the volume, or skip to a different playlist, or yep. how long do I have to cook this turkey per pound? So insanely useful. You don't even know. Like, you're looking. <laughs> or- or where do I go for third degree burns? <laughs> right, it's been a ritual of mine. Like for the past couple of weeks, like, as I'm walking out the door and collecting my wallet and watch to ask it like what the weather is today, uh-huh. and it gives me a look at a nice little weather report. It's super super cool and kind of especially with it being connected to your speaker system, your TV, kind of subtly life changing. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, our listeners can get a deal. Because Sonos, because Sonos loves us, and by extension, you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, if you are listening to Two Bit Encryption, and I know you are, you can get ten percent off one order of twenty five hundred dollars or less for any product on Sonos dot com. Its offer is available for a limited time only, so you got to act soon. Uh, and cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. You go use the promo code Robot Ten. That's capital R O B O T one zero at Sonos dot com, and you can get the offer. Uh, this podcast is also sponsored, as always, by Bald Move, primarily mm-hmm. through a club, club.baldmove.com. If you go there, you can see a pitch combined with links to examples of said uh, uh, extra features you can get by supporting our club. Plus, you get to continue enjoying our, our Mr. Robot uh, podcast because, I mean, that's uh, the, the club extra features of the sizzle, the steak or the podcast that we make week in and week out. And the only reason we have time to do the quantities of podcasts that we do because we're getting paid to do this full time, primarily we get paid through the club. Uh, Sonos helps out and the rest, but uh, it's it's we're primarily listener based. And what's cool about that is we're not really beholden to any like to really to stay on Mr. Robot message. We're not beholden to any fucking corporations yeah. to tell us what to feel about a particular product. So I can go on insane rant rants about Tyrell's constipated face. <laughs> And Jim can think that a grown woman pretending to be a five-year-old is cool. And no one can tell us otherwise because it's it's, it's the listeners letting us do this. So yep. I guess it's a double-edged sword. If you like what we're doing, you should probably go to club. If you hate, you should you should definitely. If you hate, yeah. if this podcast... If, if you hate, you should go sign up twice. If you feel like this is the yeah. podcasting equivalent of two men dealing with constipation, 
absolutely don't go to club.ballmove.com. <laughs> yep. Absolutely do not. But if you like it, if, if, if you're entertained in the way that Angela is endlessly entertained by rewinding and fast-forwarding through the same five seconds of disaster footage, you should absolutely go to club.ballmove.com because you're missing out. On extra cool, you're 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 missing yeah. out on like, what if you told Angela there was another seven seconds at the beginning of that loop where the people were super happy oh, and like shit. rainbows literally shooting at like that roof party happy. She, she's just rewinding where the building stopped falling down. Like she kept rewinding, there was rainbows shooting out of asses, and she missed all that. <laughs> Come get your rainbow filled asses or your asses filled with rainbows. Alternatively, at club.baldmove.com. Do we want to talk about plane crashes now or at the end of the episode? Why would we touch touch about it now? Talk about so, it. So I, I don't I had to go look this up because I didn't remember this, but Philip was installed as the CEO of E Corp after the predecessor was killed in a plane crash. Oh. Um Right. So I mean you have to guess that White Rose had a hand in that. Yes. Certainly, because she basically says it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um And she also in that umbrella scene from two seasons yeah. ago said that it was pretty implied there that she had pulled that string. Right. So a lot of people were speculating about the plane crash with Darlene. And I want to talk about it as it relates to Frederick and Tanya at the end. Uh huh. Um, but there, there's a little bit of that here too, as well. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, so like, I think what's interesting about the plane attack is that something that we've been, well, a plane attack is not something, Something about plane crashes has been teased yeah. for a long time in the show, like going back in the even mid-last season. If you look at all of the plane imagery around Darlene specifically and her looking up flights uh, to Singapore or Bali or wherever mm-hmm. they were going to go yep. uh, earlier this season, that I almost think it would be impressive if Sam Esmail used those to misdirect to White Rose's false flag operation that never even happened i think that's absolutely what's happening here because like here's the thing why the fuck would the dark why would the dark army attack using the same plan that they just deliberately gave to the fbi right it makes this this is a misdirection and i i fully expect for something else to happen while the fbi and while all the the law enforcement is looking at the plane and, and also like in retrospect that comments that came out last week about sam esmail saying oh there's fans that have already guessed certain key elements of the plot like how did he keep from laughing if he was referring to them f- ferreting out the false flag oh that'd be great because that's yeah. so fucking perfect because now the view the the informed highly engaged viewers on reddit now feel like the FBI. Uh-huh. They just got the wool. They just got the wool pulled out from under them. You you thought yeah. you were at the end of the investigation. It's just begun, motherfucker. Now could be that there's something else that 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 he's going to talk about. But it, I kind of hope it's this because that makes him look like a fucking genius. Yeah, no, that that feels right to me. But you know, I never quite got the plane crash stuff that they were talking well, about. Well, here's also the other thing is it could both be true because while it's true that the Dark Army wouldn't do a wide-scale attack, mm-hmm. if they had to clean up one loose end, yeah. one plane crashing out of the sky, you know, yeah, that's going to take a couple months and years of investigation to figure out. It turns out it was like some kind of fucking hydraulic problem. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, you know, 100 flights dropping out, that that's... <laughs> so they, they could still off Darlene if they had to. Yeah. Or Darlene could die in a plane crash is totally unrelated to anything, mm-hmm. which would be another kind of awesome thing they could do. Yeah, maybe. 
I don't know. <laughs> How often do planes crash? Not that often. I mean, the, but they the do chances, crash. The they odds of crash. that are astronomical. They, but Talk they, about Todd Dab. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, it does happen. It does happen. Yeah, it does. Uh, okay, let's move on to Frederick and Tanya finish digging the grave as they wonder what the Dark Army wants from them, and Leon won't tell them. I like how he reveals it. He's like, I can hear everything you say, and even though it's the desert, yo, sound (laughs) from all the way over here. (laughs) Uh, That's a pretty funny scene. And they're like, they're funny in a George and Elaine kind of way. Yep. Which, I mean, that's the thing. Like, all this shit is so much darker the second time when you know they're dead. Yeah. And and probably Leon knows too. Like, he's he's treating them like cattle. Uh And how cynical the whole, like, I'm going to cross my fingers for y'all that this guy treats you right. Like, Jesus, Leon. All right, Irving takes Mr. Robot to a cleanup job where he points out the fancy and powerful people partying on a rooftop and says everything is controlled by people like that. And there's nothing you can do about it. I don't like this message of the show much. Do you think they're setting up this message so that Mr. Robot slash Elliot can fight back against it and ultimately prevail? So that they can disprove that thesis? Yeah, maybe. I just don't, yeah, I don't know. I, this is this is kind of like a top dad problem I have. Like I don't think there is a class of people, like you know, that just pulls the strings like White Rose and Philip Price in the real world. And like I sometimes feel like this is kind of harmful because it it it, it encourages apathy. Unless you're going to like take up arms or start hacking the federal government, there's nothing you can fucking do because nothing really matters. And I, I mean, my my general feeling on it is you can hit the reset button on a system like that, but. Uh-huh. But ultimately, the system will reestablish itself. Like, I mean, that's that's absolutely. I think true. that's what. I mean, that that was my personal viewpoint coming in. So I think that's what he's saying. But, but I could. But be, I, that's the thing is like I'm almost because be like I'm almost because what it seems to me like what happens in human society because that it is like I think you, that's right. But like we're ascribing an, an intent to a system that has no intention. Or oh, what sure. I really think yeah. is what I really think civilization behaves is like a schizophrenic that like they fucking. Everything's going great, and they're in this manic uh, phase, and they're making money, and everything's going wild, and then you get a Great Depression, and everybody wakes up and like, holy shit, we should totally fucking take our medicine. And you take your medicine for 30, 40 years, Mm -hmm. and then it's like, you know what? I feel great. Why do I need... Why did I even start taking this medicine? It's crazy. And you stop taking your medicine, you have another manic episode, like this fucking seems like it keeps happening in civilizations every 30, 40 years. And I feel like that's the thing. It's not like someone manipulating the levers. It's just people, society just decides like all that shit that we put into place. So that bad thing to happen can't happen again, man. It's, it's kind of getting our way, right? We, why do we even Uh do that? So stupid. Let's woo. And I don't know. In a lot of ways feels like the relationship that Mr. Robot and Elliot have. Well, that's like like this cyclical, like, I mean, Elliot's gone off and on his medication over and, and over I again. I wonder, you know? that's the thing, like, I do think Sam Esmail is smart enough to be making that point. Yeah. Like, while, because, like, he has espoused several different mutually contradictive cynical worldviews in the show. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Elliot's got one, Mr. Robot's got one, Darlene's got another, yep. Zhang, uh, White, slash White Rose, and Price has got another, like, fucking uh, uh, Irving gives us one here. Mm-hmm. And so maybe like that's part of the thesis is he's putting all these things on the table and 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 he still hasn't gotten to the society is like uh, someone who can't stay on their mental medication one yet. But right, and I it, when I'm watching a television show, I never try and 
and look at what they're saying and say, this is what the show wants me to think. Right. I, I say, this is an idea that the show is presenting me with. What is it going to say about it? And I don't feel like we're at the point yet where Mr. Robot, the TV show, has said anything too specific. It's still in the introducing concepts. So isn't that weird almost like like in the in the tail end of the third season that we can't say that like what is the definitive kind of statement the show is making or I feel like as long as Elliot has this clash of personalities, we're gonna be stuck in that loop. Huh. And and maybe we come to some equilibrium at the end and we have an actual message from the show, but I really hope I'm, this I'm isn't. Sure. I really hope this isn't an X Files situation. Yeah, where we're going to keep unpeeling shadowy layers of the onion until we get to the middle, and it's it's still an onion. And then they replace Christian Slater and right. Rami Malek with right. I don't know the guy from Millennium and somebody else. <laughs> yeah, we should like who would be like a close but no cigar kind of casting choice. <laughs> um, hmm. I don't think there's anybody close to Rami. And that's what I'm saying. He's a pretty specific guy. Yeah. Uh, you like you just go for the big, the bigger the eyes, the better, I guess. But yeah. Um, unless you're gonna <laughs> just cast a lemur, <laughs> shave just a lemur, put him in there, replace him with Hakune Mitsu or something. <laughs> Who's that? I think that's the singer, right? The the digital anime singer. Yeah, you you sh- shave off her blue hair, <laughs> right? And give Just her a, give her a, a kind of high top fade, and uh, you you got it, you got it. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's move on to Leon taking uh, Frederick and Tanya, Mobley and Trenton to a house where he leaves them with the DA, uh, Dark Army, and he invites them to the garage. Very polite. For some unknown purpose. Very polite. And then we kind of cut away. We see two people eating. And they see Frederick and Tanya ID'd as the F Society leaders, and one of the guys works with him, and he decides to report him. Uh, finally, Mobley and Trenton are led to the garage where they're shown plans for a future terrorist attack involving planes. And the FBI is also seen closing in on that same garage, and the Dark Army forces Mobley and Trenton to shoot themselves in the head just hours before the FBI finds them dead in the garage. Dom goes to her big board of connections and crosses out Mobley and Trenton, then inserts a paper with white rose written on it and says, Question mark? You're actually going to get away with it. Yeah. Very dismayed. Yeah, like when Santiago comes over and says, gives her the speech about it's over, see, we prevent another attack, and she... Claps her on the back. Yeah, I wonder... Uh, this can't... Douche. You know, that's one of the theories we had last year is that maybe Dom joins with Elliot mm-hmm. because she realizes that this shit goes to the top. And the only, like, I'm really excited for that possibility. I'm too, man. Um, she can bring Mustache shit. McGee with her, too, if she wants. Like, it's we need another. It's such a big, it's such a scary battle. Like, between White Rose and Elliot and whoever he yeah, has I don't, on like, his that's, side. It's, it's, it's a, that's a problem, is I struggle to understand how how any th- collection of people yeah. if the U- the combined might of the United States government and China and this dark army group who could possibly control time and space are looking for you it's like it's like trying to hide from doctor who how the fuck are you going to do it man the, like the only thing know. that would almost be plausible is if they if they get to something at the end of the season where not only are is, is like has Dark Army won, but they've won in such a way that Elliot and Darlene and Angela and the rest are not even a threat. Yeah, like like they're like they're just discarded as garbage. So like 
Dark Army's not looking for them. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't just kill them and put them in a, you know, like if they're to that level, like why wouldn't you just kill them and throw them in a garbage dump? Right. I, they're definitely not afraid to kill. So it's like, I, I don't know how they're going to either power up Elliot and his team or somehow mm-hmm. plausibly depower. Like maybe Philip will have, Philip Price has some kind of like, you know, dead man switch. Well, right. they did, speaking of dead man yeah, switch, there yeah. is that thing. That we, email. We, we, we glossed over that. Like who is that email going to be sent to? Someone that Trent trusts. Uh, How did her and Dom have dialogue in season two? I can't remember. I can't recall if they had one-on-one, but but by reputation, her being the agent assigned and her talking to the one guy's mom, like that might be something. Hmm. I wonder if it, because there again, I guess my preference is her to send someone that we don't, we've never met yet because I'm always like, want to see cool new characters on Mr. Robot. This is the one yeah. show that doesn't feel like they suffer from too many characters. And we no, just killed really. off almost the entire F society and uh-huh. haven't really recovered from that. We killed off half of the Tyrell intrigue. Philip Price looks like he's on the way to go. So I wouldn't mind if there's like some, I don't know, like maybe there's some kind of crazy underground Iranian revolutionary group. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That could that could put some muscle behind Elliot. That because that's what he needs, right? He needs some muscle and some yeah. That's what yeah. He certainly he, needs some protection, but yeah. How do you protect yourself from White Rose? I, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm doing some mental gymnastics here to try and figure out a way that Dom could become the head or or, or move in on Santiago's position. Because if she were Santiago, this investigation would still be on. But the problem and White is Rose might be in trouble. Powers above Santiago are on the dole too. Absolutely. So like I yeah. feel like she would have to get I I mean, it seems like the president and Comey but like, you'd have to, maybe are not on the dole. I mean you'd have to find a reasonable excuse to fire Dom at that point, right? Because uh-huh. what's the public gonna say if you go in and you fire the director of the FBI because they were pursuing leads on terrorists. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, you'd, you'd have to find a plausible reason. I'm sure they can manufacture something, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just can't see a way that like yeah. a Tyrell burns Santiago. But does that work? That doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it works. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. But, but they need something like that to fight White Rose because I don't know that Elliot has the lead hacker skills to do it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, Philip Price might be able to, to pull some kind of switch that cripples Dark Army in the short term that would give Elliot some space to breathe, or Elliot can make a new connection and friend that is more powerful than 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 we... You know, because the world can always get bigger, right? Well, I don't think we've seen the last of Philip's thrashing. Yeah, I think Philip is going to sure. thrash on his way out, and that might involve taking down Ecoin as a currency. Ooh, I don't know, just out of spite. Yeah, yeah. Because no, I, I, I can totally get that, and like it, this is the rare instance of uh, White Rose miss miss or underestimating someone. Yeah, could be. I don't know. We'll see. Um. But yeah, that that email is interesting, and and the way she talks about it, you know, she discovered something that could let them undo the whole thing. Mm-hmm. What she's talking about exactly, we think it's the five nine hack, because you know they were involved in that. Um, I don't think it's the same undo that Angela's talking about, right? Because Angela seems to think that people will be able to come back from the dead. 
or like this can all be undone literally like you roll back time to a point right but that's always the interesting question if you had that theoretical undo is where do you roll back human history to the point where everything's good Mm -hmm. (laughs) because someone's always about to die of cancer or skid off a bridge or flip off and over overpass or you know step off into in front of a bus like you know what do you selfish bastard if you rewound it five more seconds my husband would still be alive (laughs) right (laughs) but then you roll back too far and now i'm not born you son of a bitch (laughs) like it's 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 i hope the show explores all that stuff because i love that timey-wimey bullshit yeah if it goes there we'll see uh this all seems too convenient to me and dom's right on about it Oh yeah, like this F society mask hanging on a camcorder so, with an like Iranian flag. flag. It's so like it's, it's so conspiracy theory fodder. For, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, we'll see where this goes. Yeah. But I thought uh, overall pretty good episode. I know you had some quibbles. Do you, you no, still I, enjoy I, it? No, yo, yeah, yeah, I like the episode, and I feel like again the I was annoyed by the middle, but okay. the uh, episode began strong and moved the show in a positive direction. Cool. All right, maybe we should get to some feedback. Yeah, first up, uh, send it to robot at baldmove dot com. Uh, Cherie from London says, in the final scene where Elliot said that he's a single point of failure, it got me thinking that his statement could explain why White Rose has kept Elliot alive all this time. Elliot is a chaos monkey for White Rose. Do you know what a chaos monkey is? Mm, I I have a guess based on the language, but is there so a... Chaos, the chaos monkey is a service that identifies groups of servers and randomly terminates one of the servers in a group. It was developed by uh-huh. Netflix and has since been open sourced. Uh, to help companies learn to create the best plans to deal with failures, especially in a oh, distributed okay. computer environment. It's a piece of testing software. Yeah, like it just goes and essentially throws a monkey wrench in yeah. a part of your system, and then you see how scalable or how you know, like like how to mitigate that. Mm-hmm. Um, she then Sheree then continues. Stage two is to destroy the entire system. Its failures when the paper documents are protected. Elliot has become the best person to protect the paper files. Hence, a good chaos monkey. The Dark Army then learns all the protective scenarios so they can develop the best destructive plan for stage two. Hmm. I wonder is that a plausible plausible interpretation for why the Dark Army is currently valuing Elliot? Because he was someone they could monitor and was working against them and was able to kind of play both sides of the chessboard and gave them the optimal solution. I kind of like it. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess, could be a convenient answer to that question because my big question is still, why does, why does the Dark Army need Elliot? It is a convenient answer. It's It feels a little bit unsatisfying. If, like, essentially mm-hmm. he's like some kind of million monkey kind of piece of software, like, the way White Rose talks about him is that he's much more central and yeah. important. Stretching back, you know, a, at least a generation, his family's importance of their project. And that's the other thing I don't understand is... Zhang was acting like Angela wasn't that big a deal. Like it was more like that Philip annoyed him because he didn't control her. Um, if that's true, and that's not just some cold smack to say to Philip, then that means that we have really been off the mark as far as tying together Elliot and his father's importance with Angela and her mother's importance. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, my, my gut is that, that Zhang is just saying a bunch of cold-blooded shit there. None of that stuff is as 
as important as the stuff he says to like his advisor and you know in, in like less guarded moments i guess yeah it could be and i my mind always turns to the question of how much white rose knows about elliot's split personality um i think she knows a lot she's probably the cause of it <laughs> well i mean i have no i, I, I got mean, no hard facts on that yeah that's just my gut she always she always interacts with him as if well I don't know because Tyrell didn't know and Angela and Tyrell didn't seem to want to tell the Dark Army. Yeah. That would imply that they don't already know. Yeah. And I Well it could be Irving doesn't know because White that could Rose. be the, the blind spot, right? Yeah. Like is that I just she think doesn't that know a character with two very distinct ways they present themselves mm-hmm. doesn't know and has a fascination with another character that does the same. Like, I yeah. mean, it's possible, but thematically and narratively, it seems like it's more interesting for this character to know everything to know that. Yeah. And who she that. reveals it to is important as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I can't take it on a matter uh, like an article of faith that White Rose doesn't tell bullshit to her assistant. Why would she? Yeah. Like, so when she says that Elliot is super important, just like his father and just like his father, we can dispose of him when we're done. Like, I feel like all those things are true. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas... There's lots of reasons she could lie and dissemble to Philip. Sure. Yeah, Just to, extra would. hurt his feelings is uh-huh. about. So, like, there's, like, I don't take a lot of stake in, in, like, what he was saying in this episode. But I do, I do like I said, like, it's not, the only thing I don't like about Sherry's theory is that it is somewhat unsatisfying to, like, his almost messianic importance to this movement. Hmm. Uh, Jason M. from Iowa. Do you guys think that Elliot, Angela, and Chang are all channeling dead relatives? Seems Elliot has his father, Angela has her mother, and Zhang, his sister, White Rose. Maybe I missed something, but I thought when Zhang was showing off his clothes to Dom, he mentioned that they were his sisters. Does this mean the three Deadmans were the Pioneer Explorers or something and traveling to another dimension? Do you... So, I think we talked about this last season. Do you remember that scene where Zhang was showing off his the fancy clothes to, to I remember Dom? the scene. I don't remember all the... The dialogue. And he said it was like, oh, my sister's like, I guess. And this is probably oh. maddening if you're on the other side of the fence. But I always took that as her just making an excuse for why she has women's clothes in her. And also or, drawing or, Dom out because Dom had that kind of like. Right. I, I think it was feeling out the, the waters there. You but know? she was like, kind of in the closet for various reasons. Uh-huh. And so it was kind of like a wink, wink, my sister. Um, yeah, but some people thought like, I I remember that debate of like, it might be that he has a literal sister. And so it could be, and I get it that like, you're like, how the fuck can you sit there behind that microphone and say that it's too big a coincidence for you that a person who has a dual persona would not know about another's dual persona and then say, I don't Mm -hmm. like this theory that the person with dual persona is a dead relative, even though I love it with the two other characters. Yeah. But hey, man. I mean, there's a there's. I'm a, I'm a hypocrite, just like every other human. There's just a feeling you get from scenes, right? When you watch them, and, and right. the way the body language people use, and the way they say things, that gives you an impression of what they mean. And, and that's one of the things about in this... that scene. I did not get the impression that she meant a literal sister. Right, right. And that's one of the things that's so cool about this tool set that he's got to play with is like, there's all this duality. Um, and he can use it for different things in different scenes sure. and to appeal to different characters. And like, there might be a dual aspect to all of these characters, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean they're literally all the same. And so like that, that's one of the things that's kind of neat about it is that, that, that this is so, such a flexible way to tell a story. And it's also, 
it, it's kind of like, you know, with fucking Game of Thrones glamours. Um, once you introduce the ability for someone to have this psychic shift, it's yeah. like you anyone could then do that thing. Right. It presents opportunities and it also presents traps. Yeah, it presents traps uh, for writers to fall into. Right, because there is and a audiences. fine line for me. And audiences. Like the audiences sometimes yeah. build these traps themselves and fall into them. Like thinking something oh, is yeah. way crazier, which they eventually define as cooler and right than But if you don't tweak those knobs in just the right way <laughs> I end up feeling like I've been bamboozled totally. and swindled, exactly. and, and I come out with a negative reaction. And, and but, the hell of it is that 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 trip line is different for every person, absolutely. too. Yeah. So you just try to hit the bell curve as much as you can. The, the audience for this show needs to drop to one, me, <laughs> right. and, and then they can make the perfect show. You just have to figure out how to foot the bill, and uh, you'll be okay. Give, give Bald Move like 30 more years. <laughs> Maybe I'll be there. Uh, Shane Bowman, uh, our old buddy, gives us gives us a heads up. He said, "There's a great interview with Sam Esmail and KCRW's The Treatment today. Some fantastic insight inside baseball in this one. My favorite is the bit where Sam talks about editing out blinks. Talk about attention to detail. Now, I haven't got a chance to hear this yet because it's been Thanksgiving. Um, Has Rami Malek blinked once this series? <laughs> Uh, probably, but it's been digitally removed. Yep. What's funny is, like, we had this idea of making cuts of movies where we re... Like, we, I think the original idea was remove all the blinks. <laughs> In Twilight, specifically. In Twilight, specifically. Yeah. Um, Says Kristen Stewart, Jesus! Blinks uncontrollably throughout the whole thing. But then we eventually did develop this thing called silent movies, which became something we're trying to get off the ground now, where we remove all the dialogue from a movie and see yeah. if it still makes sense. But it tickled me that this guy is, like, editing out blinks to get a particular effect from scenes mm-hmm. and i can't wait to listen to the podcast uh, i'm gonna link that in the show notes if you want to hear the kcrw's the treatment with sam esmail um rennie says holy shit has sam got his shit together since last season every episode so far has been just so goddamn good i'm putting this as a counterpart to my kind of minor league downing this episode to me, this season's on par with the leftover season two. Oh, a tightly written and damn near perfectly executed story that throws a bunch of questions at you with every development, but keeps answering them at the same steady rate. <laughs> Is that too high praise? A, a little bit. I don't think the characters are near as good as the ones in leftovers. We haven't had an international assassin episode yet, though. Like if that, yeah. like I could see saying that about season two of the leftovers at that point too, because we got what three episodes. I just left? don't think they have the same tools that leftovers does when it comes to my personal feel for the show the leftovers is going to eventually be my favorite show of all time i think i'm i'm i think i'm i'm that's one of the baldies topics i want to do our, our yeah. january based award show we every year we should do the the favorite of all time yeah to see if it's updated award, or changed because yeah. it's yeah. been remarkably stable for like a decade for me mm. um and i think the leftovers upset the apple cart so very high praise is what you're leveling at for me, Rennie. I'm not. I, I, I can Mister like Mister Robot's second episode, second season for me is was such a misstep that I don't know it can ever like rest a top five spot. But who the hell knows? Yeah, we we'll got see. two more seasons and three more episodes for this one. Yeah. Um, if Esmail nails the ending, this will probably be my favorite show from this year, even with the heavy competition it got. Hmm. That, um, that like I said, leftover season three. It's 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 a lock for me. I'll say this is not a bad choice so far. I did not see this show getting into top five. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. getting into top five. I can't oh, yeah. imagine it not. And I could also see it 
<sighs> I could also see because so far this year, I what have I said? I've said it's um, the leftovers, Deuce, the Deuce, and then there was Stranger uh, Things. Stranger Things, mm-hmm. yeah. Boy, that's a tough nut to crack. They had really but top five, yeah, for sure. But I'm saying like with the right finale, maybe maybe top three, maybe it could do especially if I flip Stranger Things in front of the Deuce, maybe it could climb in front of the Deuce. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a great show. It just, it just there's much depends on the red wheelbarrow's <laughs> last three episodes. It does, yeah. Uh, and that's all the email we got. Okay. So uh, holiday week probably going to be record low podcast ratings for this episode released on a Friday, the day after the, the Black Friday after Thanksgiving. It's fine, but we do it. We shout into the void. Yeah. Stare into the abyss until the abyss starts listening. We've we've made a promise to our listeners. We can't right. break it. Right. And uh, and we're thankful for all of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so send all send send in your feedback for next week in robot at baldmove.com. We'll be back for the next week and the week after that and the week after that. Probably a wrap up episode after that. We'll see how it goes. Um, until then, have a great Thanksgiving weekend for Americans and the rest of the world. Just just have a great Saturday and have Sunday. some virtual turkey on me. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you back next week. Bye. <laughs>